You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name's Chris Badgett and we're joined by a special guest, Pedro Cortez. He's over at Cortez.design. Uh, welcome to the show, Pedro. Hey, welcome, Chris. I'm glad to be on and hopefully we make this a very useful episode. So one of the things that happens as I've been in business is sometimes you come across, uh, when you get in the company of other entrepreneurs, you kind of recognize each other a little bit. And then sometimes there's these niches within entrepreneurship or digital business or whatever, like um, copywriting or conversion optimization or funnels and marketing. And I, I feel a, a strong affinity to you because you, um, you, I can tell you're obsessed with these things like I am, and I also need help with these things. I'm open and that I have like incorrect assumptions and, and am not fully optimized with that. So for the course creator out there, I think this is going to be a great show about, um, you know, improving your, your messaging and understanding your offer a little better with the goal of getting more leads and closing more sales and having a system and a process to do that for your course or your training-based membership site. I wanted to start by just a quick definition of terms of um, conversion, messaging, positioning, and a landing page. How's that different from a homepage or whatever? Like, could you just kind of circle the wagons on those terms just so people have a baseline if they're new to this kind of thing? Okay, sure. Um, you know, basically the, the first one is, let's say the, the difference between a landing page and a homepage. So the landing page is just whatever page um, you know, um, a potential customer lands on. So maybe uh, a page for that you created for ads. Maybe that's um, maybe that's an article. Sometimes in my case, I attract people with articles. So the article needs to con convert to the, the people, the person as well. Um, and the homepage is just, um, let's say, if you go to, um, you know, www.yourdomain.com uh, or something, that's the homepage, like the, the main page essentially and how about conversion like what's what is conversion really i mean conversion is just when you try to get uh let's just say for conversion optimization is just when you're trying to get people to uh, you know to visit a website and then you know um, take some action sometimes uh, trying a product for free or uh, calling you on a phone or whatever and essentially you just want to make as many people as you as uh, as you can uh, to take that action that you define and uh, you know hopefully it is related to a style that's awesome and uh marketing is a, is a big topic but what does messaging mean within that like what is what is that communication but really messaging what does that mean okay yeah messaging is basically how you explain your offer and you know how you really explain the, you know the benefits it has and why are they important and really communicating to uh, you know your ideal buyer so essentially people just people buy because they uh, understand they only buy if they understand how they can use your your course or whatever solution you're providing 
in order to get the results they want. So if they don't understand how they can use it, then they're just not going to buy. So essentially, messaging is just uh, the marketing aspects of exploring those reasons why people buy and then you know just putting it out there uh, on whatever uh, you know getting your potential customers with might be might be a landing page uh, it could even be a letter i mean whatever you can or an ad or whatever you hit them with uh, the messaging just has to to hit their you know their desired outcomes and what about uh positioning how where does that squeeze in like what does that actually mean yeah i mean the thing with marketing is it just has like way too many way too many things and way too many names sometimes it's confusing but essentially you you kind of want to use them all together um i i believe that positioning is the first step before you get to messaging because uh if you think of positioning is like let's say you have a group of people and they could also they could all buy your product or they could buy anyone else's product um and you are are going to look at them and say who's like the easiest to convert who's like my best customer who can i provide value the most or the other way around because the this is uh, let's say you're a customer you, you're like a consumer and then you look at um, you know several products and you're going to try to find out which one is perfect for you so the one the, the company that took the time to create an offer that is perfect for you is the one that positioned themselves uh, better um, for that ideal customer and then they just bid out to the entire competition because the, as a consumer you looked at all, all of the other solutions and you say this is this isn't ideal for me so my only chance is to look at that one like look at, look at that option that's awesome you have a really awesome image on your website and that's at cortez.design not.com it's cortez.design and it has a picture of people kind of coming into uh, your website like a lot of people and then there's some people in the middle that are thinking i don't get it how is this different how does this work i'm leaving and then there's one guy who actually converted at a point zero point or point zero five conversion rate, and the quote that he's saying is "Screw it, let's try it anyways." And I really love that picture because I have a mature software company and website that does convert, but I know it's not optimized, and a lot of people have that. I don't get it. How is this different? I'm leaving. So when I saw um, Pedro's schedule a call link. And you know he's doing this for software companies. So if you have a software company and you're you want to increase conversion, kind of really get into this. I'd encourage you to check that out. I I heard Pedro on another podcast called Rogue Startups, which kind of opened me up into uh, his world and his thinking. And that's how I ended up on his landing page. And here we are having a call where I wanted to share some of that value. He's also got a great book um, that you can get that where he goes into what some of the things that we're going to talk about today. Well, now that we kind of have a baseline of knowledge, um, I guess what's the big, before we get into like how it works and everything, what, what do you help people do, businesses do, specifically software companies? What is the, uh, what is the offer? Okay. So essentially the offer is, real, is really specific to, uh, you know, every offer is, is really a vehicle to uh, a transformation. So essentially is, before you make an offer, you need to identify a current position of that company and say, and and identify if that's something they they are stuck on and they're you know frustrated about, and then find 
uh, the thing they they really want. So what I help companies with, and then like the offer is like uh, a consequence of that. But first, I need to identify those problems. So it's always fixing a problem. So the problem is when you build a SaaS company, which is just uh, you know an abbreviation software as a service, just so people know understand as well, is um, you know the founders usually do the sales themselves, uh, and they can scale the company pretty fast. Especially because I work with uh, iTicket SaaS, so they sometimes charge at least like a thousand dollars a year or something, and and then they can scale the company to fifty grand a month, between fifty to hundred k a month, um, and they you know they're doing pretty well. But then they get stuck there because uh, you know they started with something that that was focused, and they knew their targets, and usually it's their um, maybe they had like another company and created the software to to do that like it happens all the time but then as people you know they create really good problems really good pro uh, products and then a ton of different people start using it and then it just becomes a mess they lose clarity um, and then they can't really scale because they tried to uh, you know they try paid ads with vague messaging and everything and SaaS is just getting like super competitive they just and especially they they get stuck um and the way i usually help them is i just coach them through throughout my process that i've tried with a ton of companies and essentially start with positioning and say um why like who's bringing 80 percent of the revenue is just i'm just gonna try to uh, give you like a brief presentation on this who's bringing like 80 percent of the revenue so who, who's like the easiest one to convert out of the, all of your segments um and essentially, why are people switching over from the competitors' tools to yours? Because science says that that is like seven times harder to convert someone that is from a, comp a competitor. So those people always have the reasons, uh, you know, on what's missing from your tools and what's special about your tool. And that's something you always need to be aware of. So you can, you know, present that on uh, on your page. And then it's like um, taking all those reasons from and then putting that throughout your entire in, throughout the entire website throughout uh, advertising and stuff like that and then essentially also identifying some channels that are specific to um, you know that are ideal for for to attract those customers because sometimes PPC is uh, there are some ways to get around PPC and it's still scalable that is if awesome that uh, music to my ears <laughs> um, but I wanted to to say to you the listener out there one of the ultimate hacks is to learn for another industry. So even though we're talking about SaaS companies, software companies, um, everything that we're talking about here, you can apply to uh, digital, any, really any product, but we're in this case, course sales or membership site sales. Um, and for, you know, just to lay an example out there, you know, there's this whole uh, segment of people building courses and training programs and coaching offers in the business niche that are uh, offering marketing courses or growth courses. And if we're, let's just use an example of somebody who has an offer and a transformation they can deliver and a process and coaching and everything to help a company, a certain type of company grow from like, let's say hundred K in annual revenue to a million. So six to seven figure offer. That's who they want to serve. That's who they help. How, um, let's get into like some of the, the nitty gritty on that. Like what, how would that type of course creator or trainer um, 
start the process of, you know, identifying the problems. Okay. I mean, if the thing is, if, if, uh, you know, a course creator already identified that they want to take someone from a hundred, uh, a hundred thousand a year to a million a year, then they already identified that, that stage. So it is already better than most people do. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but then essentially this is what really defines pro problems. And th this is like a, a lesson for, you know, life in general is it's only a problem if they're either, either spending time or money, uh, you know, trying to fix it. If, if they're not, then it's not, not a problem. It's not a priority. No matter whatever they say is, you know, it's bullshit to be honest. Uh, so you want to look at, um, you know, just make a list of whatever companies you could take from 100 to 100K to 1 million. Uh, and then you're just going to figure out, okay, who's already spending um, time and money getting there? How I, where are they spending their money? Um, you know, how much is costing them? Is it working? Is it not working? What's missing? What's not missing? Uh, and essentially trying to break down uh, where you can come in, uh, where can you provide the most value, and then, you know, try to... You know, and try to uh, uh, you know really make obvious the amount of time or money that it would take from trial, trial and error uh, if they don't follow your proven process. Essentially, that's cool. We're gonna jump around a little bit because, uh, but I want to go fast forward to the conversion point. I heard one time that uh, there's three reasons people don't buy: they don't trust you, they don't trust the product. And the one they won't admit to is that they don't trust themselves that they can get the value out of the product. How do we handle these kinds of objections for our offer? Okay. Um, I mean, the first one is, you know, they don't trust you. So essentially what you have to do is you kind of just uh, show them whatever companies you have worked with before. Um, I mean, you show them you have like a very detailed process. And one very good thing is like the best way to do it, even if you don't is you provide value first so if you teach them something then they will assume you're you know an expert at it essentially um and really an expert is just knowing more than the person you're selling to so i mean this as long as you provide that value and you can add some social proof on the on top of it you can answer that objection then is um they don't trust the product right is that yeah. what you mentioned um, I mean, that's, that's kind of similar to, um, to, you know, having social proof from the results as well. But the other thing that people don't really talk about is, uh, you know, highlighting the problems of other solutions. So if they don't trust your product, it doesn't, it doesn't mean like it doesn't work. Uh, what really means is they're, they just want to make the best decision, the best buying decision they can. And that just involves removing all of the, all of the other you know, options that they have. So, what I what I usually uh, do as an exercise, let's say for for the SaaS companies, is um, SaaS companies have like trust pilots or something, and you can look at the reviews. You can look at what people are complaining, and then you can just say that there are also softwares that are like uh, an all-in-one solution. So, one easy way to, that you can do this is um, you're gonna stop duct duct taping. You know, all these softwares together is going to cost you like a lot of money and everything. So essentially, you just want to make that uh, like a no-brainer. And you you want to show them as many use cases as, as possible. So 
let's say, uh, do you have like any example of a, a product that I can, that I can use? Um, well, yeah, I mean, you could use Lifter LMS, I guess, as an example. Okay. So what we what you can do is, uh, one, you need to say that this is everything you need to. Uh, um, this is everything you need to build a, a course or a coaching program that is, you know, the most complex you want. Like you won't need you won't need anything else. Even if you scale five or ten years from now, this is you know infinite. It has like everything you need and more. Uh, and then when you get to a specific industry, you just say. Um, to make it to to one provide the use cases and show the social proof as well is the way you explain it. You just say these are this is how this very successful course in uh, health is using Lifter LMS to get this results. So one, they're getting the proof and they're getting the use case. So it's like the easiest way to to answer it. And then you can just duplicate that to all of the other niches because it's uh, it's fairly similar. Anything else on positioning in terms of um, presenting your course or your training program as the best solution? Like what else, what else goes into being uh, seen as the best option? Yeah, uh, the, being the, the best option is, the way you make it perceive that is you need to make it um, like the impression you want to, um, you know, um, people to have is, you want people to say, uh, this was built for me, essentially. So the position is really having that focus of saying, I'm building a product that is exactly for that person. And what I like to call positioning 2.0 is, is you're not, uh, you know, some people focus on, I'm just gonna do a course. Let's say, use that example from 100 to a million a year. So let's say, I'm gonna build a course for any niche that's, that wants to go from 100K a year to a million a year. That's, you know, that's terrible. It's never going to work. Then right. you can do a little bit better. And this is like the limit that people get is I'm going to target accountants. Maybe they have to, I don't know, like a team of accountants or something. Um, and then positioning 2.0 is associating an industry and a transformation. So I want to help accountants that are making 100K from a corporate job and they want to, uh, quit their job and and start their own uh, their own thing and still make 100k. That's one, uh, one transformation. Then, uh, other one could be uh, someone that already you know is already like a freelancer and is making 100k. Then they want to make 200k or, or 500k or, or or something. Then it's like accountants that want to scale their team so they can free up their time and scale to 50k a month. So there's like endless transitions. And within the same industry, so basically the positioning positioning is infinite, and you just have to choose which one you you know um, want to focus on first. That's awesome. Because then you can present your offer as I help accountants, and then it does like exactly for me, uh, you know, for that stage. So how do we do that differently? Let's say on our just general homepage where we're not sure how they're getting there or whatever. It's just our homepage versus a paid campaign where we can directly target accountants in a certain area or somehow target them as already being somewhat successful and established. A landing page makes sense because you can make it just for them. But how do you do it on a general homepage? Yeah, the general homepage is you need to 
um, you need to identify what are the common things people, um, you know, what are the common use cases people are using and they are looking for like in general, and that's the thing you present. And then when you get to, let's say to the case studies, um, like when you get to the social proof part, that's when you segment. So, and then you use the social proof, like I said, um, and then you show like a, a use case plus the social proof of, oh, this is how this health course is doing great by using Lyft LMS and everything. Yours is a little bit different because sometimes in SaaS, they are what we call vertical and horizontal solutions. So vertical is when it's very specific to a niche and horizontal is when it works equally well on all different niches and it requires a little, you know, some different positioning, but is usually better because it's like infinite. You just start with one niche at a time and then you evolve in concentric circles, essentially. You just target the easiest one and then you try to use that one to become famous and, and the other one as well. Um, one example of a non-resultant uh, company could be like ClickFunnels. They just provide websites for all of the other niches, but then they provide affiliates for each niche. Wow, that's yeah, that's 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 great. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is you have this uh, lean landing page canvas which is really cool. And one of the things when I see somebody who's good at creating leads and I end up on one of these and it's in uh, Google Drive somewhere, uh, somebody who's good at marketing and lead generation, whenever you open it, you're going to see all these little characters in the top right where there's all these other people on it looking at it too, which means you know how to get traffic. <laughs> um, and so how, like I guess this or, or something else just in general, what it, what do you, what advice do you have for lead magnets? Like, yeah, getting people like what's counterintuitive that people don't realize about lead magnets? I mean, lead magnets are just like um, let's say lead magnets are something you can offer for free, uh, but you're not going to offer. So sometimes people just say, "I'm going to create an ebook, and I'm just going to uh, you know uh, try to get some leads with an ebook." But the thing is, is it's not about an ebook or a free email course or something. It's about fixing the problem. So if you've done the positioning exercise properly and you know the big problems that you know people really care about, then you know um, you know how to provoke them. So uh, you just essentially say that small little piece uh, of, um, helps you fix a part of that problem, and then they'll hop in uh, very easily. So that's the the secret for lead magnets. It's just uh, you know, um, trying to say that fixes a problem. And then if you want people to move forward, you just explain how something else, explore, uh, you know, um, improves a, a, a bigger problem. So let's say I say how people can get an overview of my process and so on. And then I just say, oh, this is like an overview of the process. If you want to fix like a bigger problem and templates and everything, you, you get the book, essentially. So that's great. Um, you mentioned earlier, I think, and, and correct me if I misunderstood you, but you said something about like liking small markets or something like that. What did you mean by that? And, and I, recently I've heard like Seth Godin talking about, you know, the minimum viable audience or whatever, like he's kind of saying something similar. 
And I just want to know what you mean by like liking small is okay. Small is good. What is that about? Yeah. So essentially you, um, know, when you're doing like your positioning exercise, the person, the people that are, you know, most likely to convert or they are like the easiest to convert is the one that you start with. And then you try to find, you also find these people and, um, you know, the next niche I want to evolve with. So like the only example that comes to mind is I'm working with a a company that provides software for dealerships, right? And dealerships can get like pretty big. They, They have like a bunch of locations and stuff like that. But they also work with a lot of smaller companies that um, provide the tires or the oil or whatever. And they have actually have the same metrics to track. So if we target those companies and um, we sell them their software, uh, essentially the dealerships will see that they are using this software and they will ask, oh, why are you using this? How is it good? And basically we get referrals to bigger companies by leveraging the smaller companies are easy to target because they all uh, talk with each other. So you get free referrals. Does that answer you? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really good. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to circle back and ask you about the... Uh, the there's, how, there's like a disconnect, I think, that, that makes some people's brains explode where on one hand, they get the advice like, you have to have your ideal customer avatar. There's like this one person, either make it a real person or, or do an amalgamation of all, of all your best, the attributes of your best customer. And it's like this one person that you create content and product for and do marketing to versus this other camp, which is about segmentation and uh, like a reality where there's, there's like multiple uh, avatars. Like, so how do you, What's your thinking around those two schools of thought? Okay. I mean, like I said, this it definitely depends on the company. It depends if you have a, a horizontal or a vertical solution. Yeah. I mean, if um, I say you have a ton of different customers, if they're using the same tool, they have the same problems. So essentially, you already have something of common to work with. Uh, and then it just... You can, if you want to make it even more specific, maybe in the retargeting campaigns, you make it more specific to them, then that's totally fine. So basically it's more of a middle ground. Um, and, and really that, that's about it because one really, you know that uh, companies is just, you know, don't really know what they're doing. If they have like, if they have more than five avatars or probably more than four, then it makes no sense because they're not finding the patterns on what people have in common. So if they're buying the same product, the product, they, sa- they have similar pro- uh, problems. You just have to, the, like they always have the sim- similar, pro- uh, they have similar problems, but they have different use cases. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So you first you show the problem, then the use cases. Very cool, very cool. What about, um, like, uh, let's say a course creator, a membership site creator is, like they have a good offer, like it's converting, they do organic, they, they're, they're on the content treadmill, they're pumping out blog posts, podcasts, whatever, and it's working. And then they try to go to paid acquisition, PPC, and they fail. Like what's, what's, but it worked, like it works on their, 
like they're organic works, but when they go to paid, it fails. What do you, what do you think is usually, what are the key mistakes they're making when they go to PPC? I mean, the, the key mistakes is probably, uh, you just assume that you, you know, people are searching for your solution and then use AdWords. You only use AdWords if people are clearly searching for the, your solution. And if they are, then you get it's going to be pretty hard. Um, but, and, and then let's say Facebook, like everyone's on Facebook and stuff like that. Um, it just depends on, on, I mean, on Facebook, I think it works, you know, generally. You just need to do something that, you know, works for you. So if you're, let's say you, if you offer courses, the best way to do it is you make valuable content on Facebook and then you promote it and then you follow up with, uh, you retarget them with uh, a click-through ad that gets you to a lead magnet or even to a buy page if uh, the course is like very cheap. Uh, or or you get them to buy like a uh, a small ebook and then you get them to buy a course or something. Uh, so essentially, it's not about the advertising. It's about being on channels that uh, you know that your customers are. Um, I think you real estate agents that are still offline or something. Um, you just use a channel that they are familiar with. So one thing real estate agents are familiar with is uh, mail, like direct mail. So you can use lumpy mail, which is like um, you just add a presence and then you FedEx it. So people always open it. And then you have the same pitch as a landing page, but on a, a card. And it, it costs less than a PPC ad because it could cost like five bucks for, yeah. it, for them to open it. Uh, but they are you know, just as likely to convert or probably more because it's on their desk and now they either put it in the trash or they call you. So there is a, a, a segment of this, uh, the Lift Your LMS audience that creates training courses for real estate businesses. So I'd encourage you to press pause, listen to that again, and then go take action on that tip because that's a really, really good tip. Um, what part of your, your methodology is PPC, but it's also uh, exploring channels. Can you elaborate on... We get we 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 get our messaging dialed. We get our positioning right. We get our landing pages in. We scale through PPC. What is the channel channels part like the the JVs and the Dream One Hundred and these other things? What is that all about? Yeah, so there are like other channels that you can still pay pay for, so they are not organic. You know, JVs is when um, is when you partner up with someone else and you give them a, an affiliate fee. So essentially it's, it's, it's still paid. And what you can do, what usually works a lot, uh, really well is uh, sometimes, sometimes agencies uh, are providing a service. I'd say for, you know, for software, sometimes they provide a service and then the software that uh, you know, my clients are um, selling service so it just makes sense for them or to recommend it and get a commission so that's that's the, the kind of thing for course creators it could be um, who's already teaching uh, something similar or something that uh, overlaps and then you just say oh you can get the profits without getting the work of creating um, of creating another product or if you want to create another product you can just test it without creating creating it and you see the demand and everything so 
it's the JVs and the Dreamer 100 goes hand in hand. So Dreamer 100 is basically a concept that uh, comes from Chet Holmes. Or I think he died like at 58 or something, like 20 years ago. I don't know. Um, was like a very smart marketer and, and direct response guy. And basically what it did is if you want to be like omnipresent in your market and you want to dominate it, you essentially make a list of the 100 most influential people or channels. So you just divide that by, uh, you know, four things. It could be podcasts. It could be uh, newsletters. It could be, um, uh, it could be like, consultants that you can JV with and, and stuff like that. And then you just sponsor them. So you can sponsor news, newsletters, you can sponsor podcasts because podcasts can get really specific and they also like way cheaper. So you can reach like a ton of people for, you know, let's say 300 bucks an episode and you reach like a ton of people and they are highly targeted and they have the recommendation from a, a, pe a person they trust. So it's like, it's way better than PPC. So those are the kind of things that you can do to get around it. That is awesome. Um, we're getting towards the end. I just want to ask you a few more things. What it, you've you've developed this skill set and this specialty, and you've narrowed your niche and your focus. And um, I know you've done this before, like for clients or whatever. And you've kind of as as a coach or so, somebody who offers coaching and kind of a done with you service. How did you? I'm trying to help the other people out there who are doing one-on-one -on -one consulting and they're, they're wanting to get into like a coaching done with you model. How do, what advice do you have for um, just offering done for you to done with you kind of coaching style uh, offer? Like how did you make that transition? What tips do you have? Yeah. So essentially you're going to take um, this is not really that hard if you have a very, a very well-defined process. So even when I, when I was doing it by myself, I had like a very well-defined process. So essentially, I just uh, want to look at how can I teach my clients this? Why should I teach my clients this? Which person should I teach? Um, you know, how long would it take? And stuff like that. And in my case, because I'm teaching landing page messaging and stuff like that, like I, 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 I have like... Um, you know, I, I will help them along with the calls and everything. So essentially, it's very similar. Um, and because I had templates on my website and a ton of people checking out, you know, pretty much 24-7, um, and I saw a couple examples that people did without all my help, then it just makes sense. So the templates are there to, to where, you know, I can just help people out and, and pinpoint some things and they, they, can, they can do it just so they, especially on the positioning side, because the messaging, they they can get it right with all those templates. Does that answer your question? That does. That's 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 brilliant. Um, well, just a couple like just kind of lightning round questions. One of the neat things that I learned from you is about images in your book, which I highly recommend. You can find that over on Pedro's web website, Cortez.design. Um, was about images, like how to select images. Like what's what do, what are people doing wrong with their images on their home pages and their landing pages? Okay. Um, I mean, the image is first you define the copy. So you define, uh, you define the structure, what things need to, need to come up first. Um, and then you define uh, the headlines first and you need to define the headlines first so you can scroll through the website and, and just read the headlines and you understand everything. And then from whatever the headline says or whatever that section is supposed to do, because each section has a goal, 
It's just choose an image that supports the headline. And if you come with abstract, abstract uh, like illustrations and those pretty stuff that are uh, you know, common nowadays, then it's just going to be distracting, distracting from the, um, the actual headline. So what you want to do is you know, just make it say exactly the same thing, or you just um, one really um, like one good way to do it is um, you know sometimes with screenshots or really rough, uh, really rough. Let's say you screenshot something on your Mac, and then you have those arrows, and then you write something in red or something. That's even that's usually better than just having abstract illustrations. But rule of thumb is is just defining the copy first and then putting an image that supports that, that copy or a GIF because a GIF can tell. If an image can tell like a thousand words, a GIF could tell you uh, 10,000. Another thing you said, which I really appreciated, was stay the heck away from uh, stock photography, <laughs> which I thought yeah. was a good tip. Um, a quick copywriting tip for an email subject line or a Facebook ad you know, title or whatever. What's, what's a quick copywriting tip? Okay. Uh, like, I think a, a good practice is if you start with a question, because if you start with a question, the, the brain is kind of forced to, to answer it. Uh, and then the, there are kind of uh, line generators for copywriting that you can use. Essentially, you just put like a problem and the desired situation, and then it generates a bunch of uh, headlines that are really good and that, that have been tested in, in, in a lot of direct response ads and everything. But essentially, um, you, you, I think for these kind of things, you just need to to keep a swipe file, and and then you can just look at them and and you get some ideas. But for those headline generators are usually pretty good, and you can say, um, usually the thing that I that I use as a question is. What if you could get like a desired result without your main problem or your main objection? So that's usually a really way to get people to click. All right, two more rapid fire. What is um, what's one action somebody could take today if they don't actually know who their most profitable or best customer is, or you know, identify that? What should they do to figure that out? Okay. I mean, essentially, you want to, um, you know, you first, like the first question is, who was like the fastest one to convert if you have that data or something? Who like didn't even ask you questions and they just converted right away? That's you just kind of need to find that. And who was investing the most um, before they bought your solution? So let's say if you find someone that... Uh, I don't know, maybe they were hiring someone, let's say you sell a course and they were hiring some agency or consultant or something and they fired them and just follow your course. You know, why they did that, who did that and uh, you know, at what stage and stuff like that. This is like a very important uh, process and is something that you only get the answers after the follow-up questions. So the thing about positioning is you um, that has all of the questions, you, you only hit the service level by yourself because you need to ask the follow-up questions. That's, that, that's always the, the hard part. So if you give me an example, maybe I can provide like a follow-up question if you have an example. Uh, well, if we used our example of a, um, somebody who helps uh, freelancers go from 100, freelance website builders go from 100,000 a year to a million, 
um, what what should they and they've got like a, a client list and a, and a prospects list and they send an email and uh, they say why did you well I guess that's the situation and the, their question was why did you choose to or why did you choose to work with me or why are you interested in possibly working with me what would the follow-up question be okay I mean uh, first you kind of don't ask that question because you're just asking a bystander. So you're gonna say, um, you know, how long how long did it take you to take the decision? What were you doing before you decided to purchase? And w- when was the tipping point uh, to where you um, you know decided to to get the solution instead? That answers like the question you wanted to ask, but it just gives you 10x more insights because it's just gonna get biased. Because when you when you ask me that, uh, let's say you were to ask that uh, on my case, I would just say. Um, it just felt right or something. That's the answer you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I love that. Um, and final rapid fire question. And this is a, a, another great insight I got from your book, Cortez, which you can find over at Cortez.design is uh, what message should people have right above their pri- where they present their pricing? Yeah. Um, You saw that on the book, or or was that a question? Uh, it, I I think I saw it in the book, but like what uh, like right before you position, or what, how do you make your pricing put your pricing in a good light? Like what's what sentence or you know small bit of copy should be there? Yeah. Uh, so essentially, you um like before you show the pricing, you just just try to anchor it, and price anchoring just means you're gonna compare it to something else. So your pricing seems like super cheap. And that's something that people don't do all the time. So with a course, it's, it's probably always time and money, essentially. So, oh, you can, how many hours would it take if you, you know, just tried this process with trial and error instead of using a six-week process uh, with my course and you'll get the result way faster. Um, or... Um, you had you know three members of your team doing this thing for two months, and then you're not going to get the same result as if you bought the course. So essentially, you want to quantify that as much as possible, and it's going to be like 10x the price of the, the product, and then it's going to be like a, a no-brainer essentially. Or you compare it to other solutions. So let's say they have like a ton of different solutions at the same time. Let's just say, oh, do you want to hire a copywriter? Let's say you're training, you're training. Um, you're training companies to uh, do some branding or improve their website or something. Do you want to hire a copywriter and then a designer and then an agency and then a developer? Or do you just want to teach your, your, um, let's say, teach your marketer how to do it and then they can do it uh, like a billion times even even if it doesn't work out the first time and essentially have like um, an asset instead of, you know, a life. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate that, Pedro. You've uh, you've dropped a lot of wisdom today, and uh, if you're listening to this and you have a software company, go check out Cortez Design. Uh, Pedro does something I also really appreciate and um, recommend, which is getting on the phone with people, the right people, you know, qualify your leads. But um, that's 
somewhat surprisingly rare that you can do these days. Uh, so it's always cool to see somebody doing that. Um, anywhere else, any other final words for the people or anywhere else they should go to connect with you? Yeah, I guess um, you can just, uh, if you have like SaaS company, you can go ahead and book a, a strategy session. I'll just jump on a call, analyze your problems and your goals and everything and make sure we're a fit, we're a good fit. If we are, then we, we can move forward. If we're not, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. And if you want to ask me a question, you can just email me uh, Pedro uh, at Cortez.design. So it's, it's probably on the website as well, And if you don't know how to spell it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Pedro. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Glad to be on the show. Hopefully it was valuable for everyone. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.